my teaching, my values, whatever. Good morning. Welcome to Mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee. Chrissy out here. Scott Stewart coming your way here in just a few moments to bring you updates from Pulaski and Lawrenceburg. Glad to have you guys along with us on this beautiful Wednesday here in Southern Middle Tennessee. Going to tell you a lot about what's going on in our communities. I got the chance to sit down with uh, staff writer at Main Street Murray, Olivia Adams. Uh, we just had an unscripted discussion about what's going on in and around our communities. So looking forward to showing you guys what we uh, came up with also. Of course, we have news, sports, and headlines from across southern middle Tennessee coming your way right now. And we'll start in Pulaski. Scott Stewart has your Pulaski Citizen Wrap. Hey, everybody. I'm Scott Stewart. Happy New Year from the Pulaski Citizen. And this is the first Citizen Wrap for 2024. Giles County Archivist Barbara Nicholson is our citizen spotlight for this week, taking her place of honor right there at the top and center of the front page. Local leaders tour Giles County High School's renovations in December. The project is on track to finish in August of this year, and now the County Commission and School, uh, school Board are turning their attention to the Bridge Forth project and how to fund that $8.6 million. Services and utilities are going up everywhere. The town of Linville is no different with measures being taken to maintain control of their water department and a new garbage hauler for city residents and businesses. Also on the front page is the winner of the 2023 Pulaski Exchange Club Car Giveaway Fundraiser. Inside, it's around the square week with Kitchen 218 is our spotlight business this month. Also find out what's going on in, at businesses all around the square here on page two in this week's Pulaski Citizen. Giles Pass highlights the rich community and the ribbon cutting out at Sumac Storage are also inside. Along with backward glances, church page, community breeze, church breeze, property transfers, court docket, pet corner, funny games, and more. And we will announce our top three winners and our fearless forecasters next week as well as an exciting finish for our panel next week we'll be back on track with our deliveries next week this week we're still a week a day behind hope to get you all those uh, newspapers thursday in your mailboxes till then get your copy at stores all across the county plastic citizen pick it up back to you chris thanks scott on the front page of Main Street Murray this week, you can find a story and a photo from Mule Drop, which took place, of course, on New Year's Eve into New Year's Day morning. Uh, fantastic event downtown here in Columbia. Uh, talk a little bit about the organization that that event supports in that story, so make sure to go check that out. We'll also take a look back at the top stories from across uh, Main Street Murray. In 2023, we kind of recap those briefly in a story. We also have, of course, the annual, you know, uh, what is coming up in 2024 in each of our communities. That's kind of what Olivia and I talk about a little bit later. So you can get an, a glimpse into what to expect in that story uh, later in this show. But of course, if you want to pick it up and 
read a little bit more about each of our communities and what they are expecting to face in 2024, we will have that on the front page, as well as a story about a firefighter who was rescued after stepping through a, uh, a beam in a burning home here in Murray County. Uh, story there as well. Plenty of stuff inside as well. And of course, much, much more in sports. We'll get to that a little bit later. Right now, I'm going to send you back to Scott Stewart, who has the Lawrence County Advocate Wrap. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Stewart, and welcome in to the first Lawrence County Advocate Wrap of 2024. The, the Loretto Liftup and History Museum has received a state grant for repairs and upgrades to its HVAC system. Find out about that grant. Find out about Loretta Liftup and History Museum as well. They're on the front page of the Lawrence County Advocate. Etheridge and St. Joseph also um, got grants. These were community development block grants to the tune of $700,000 total between Etheridge and St. Joseph. Find out about those on the front page. Lawrence County Trustee Kylie Weathers has announced the dates for property tax collections across, in communities all across the county. The Etheridge Board of Commissioners has approved a new emergency siren system. Lawrenceburg Police made a quick arrest in a stabbing last Thursday. All of that on the front page. Inside, we've got Lawrence County Kiwanis Club providing meals for students at Ingram South Elementary over the holidays when many students don't get the meals that they depend on in school. We've got an article about adult crafts at the Lawrence County Public Library and the Lawrence County Historical Society meeting was held back in November and they had an interesting program on H.S. Edwards Jr. We got that inside today's Lawrence County Advocate. Also inside there's Senior Central, Hojo Photos, Fun and Games, and Comics and Puzzles. And sports gets all our local high school basketball teams caught up through the end of December. And we've, I think we've got a few contenders as we get ready for district play here in January. That's it for the wrap for Lawrence County this week. We'll be right back after this. Having a good, confident smile and being able to portray that positivity to others is really helpful. A professional family atmosphere is what we get every time we come here. Our hygienists do a better job at kind of assessing mouths and coming up with plans than most dentists do. They're very kind and they're very aware of other people. I think if there's things that I would want you to leave here with, I want you to feel like you were heard, that we listened to you, and I want you to feel like that your concerns were addressed. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Welcome back into Mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee. I'm Chris Yao, and we've got a special segment for you today. This is an unscripted conversation between myself and staff writer here at Main Street Murray, Olivia Adams. She's going to join me. We're going to talk about some of the biggest questions facing our communities and, of course, here in Columbia, Murray County, Spring Hill, Mount Pleasant, some of the things that are kind of you know, the big deals coming up in 2024. It's the first of the year. Uh, we've turned a new leaf. So, yeah, how's the new year going? Um, well, it just started. 
So it's great so far. Awesome. If we have everything's any, awesome. No, nothing bad has happened yet. So Don't <laughs> knock on wood three times. Yet. <laughs> we're we're just gonna hope that it continues. But yeah, so we've got a lot of questions to answer. And so let, let's start with Murray County. Uh, as a whole, there are several things going on. A couple things going on in the state legislature, but the big question is, when is the Judicial Center going to open? So I spoke to Eric Prevetti, the chairman of the Murray County Commission, um, just a few days ago, and he told me that they're hoping it will be open even before October of this year, which is when it was scheduled. Uh, and I guess it's still scheduled to be open by October, but he said they're hoping even earlier. So that's a really big deal around here. It's been um, very much long awaited. I know that when I was at the topping off ceremony for the Judicial Center last year, I spoke to former uh, Chairman Don Morrow, who he said that they were discussing this even back in the 90s when mm -hmm. he was on the commission. Um, so certainly been a long time coming. One of the things I'm most curious about with the Judicial Center is one, what's going to happen at the courthouse uh, that you see behind us here? And, you know, what right there. what group of people will end up staying at the courthouse? Because some group is going to end up having to stay. I think they had talked about you know the juvenile courts mm -hmm. having you know a place over there. Uh, obviously, Mayor Sheila Butt's office is inside there. Will the county commission move back to the courthouse? That's that's a big question. They're currently you know in an annex over mm -hmm. on the square. Uh, I think that would be a cool thing for them to get back into, you know, the courthouse building and, and, and a good thing for the courthouse. I mean, so I'm really curious how all of this is mm -hmm. going to kind of play out. But you're telling me that we'll know before, you know, the winter. Yeah, hopefully before October. Man, that's awesome. Looking forward to that. <clears throat> Other things going on in the county, not particular, that, that's, that's you know, I guess, specific to Murray County is the impact fee. Uh, yes. The commission has uh, created an ad hoc committee as well as uh, approved lobbyists. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, that's obviously a really big deal. It's been a big deal in the county for several years now. Um, the impact fee um, that was I think both times it was introduced by uh, Scott Kapicki, um did not pass. And so and Joey Hensley, it did pass the Senate once. Okay, okay. Two years ago, but it has to pass both, obviously. Yeah. It well, I know it failed last year. Yes. So, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, with the Ad Hoc Growth Committee, they'll be able to actually show up and go to the state capitol. And, you know, the more support, the more people that show up, they're hoping that something might be done. Um, similar kind of to, like, the, the Duck River, the bill right. that was passed um, last year. There's a lot year. of community support there. Yeah. I mean, community members from across murray county were actually in in nashville for that i feel like the more community members that show up the more likely something might yeah, happen it's not, yeah not just elected officials yeah right but we do need the elected officials sure. and that's what um some As, argue especially the elected officials at the highest office in this county yeah showing up showing up yes which so, would be different than the last time but that's neither here nor there we'll see what happens <sighs> with that but, you know, one of the things I love about that is I, I understand they're trying to do some sort of negotiation with their biggest opponent, which is the Realtor mm -hmm. Association. So do you think that's that's how this gets done is maybe 
some concessions on both sides to kind of make it. I would think so. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. Because that's see. their biggest hurdle is the Realtors Association. Right. And they're they're they've killed us so yeah. far to this point. So we'll see how that works out. Outside of that, what else is going on in the county? Well, uh, Battle Creek High, the new the new mm-hmm. high school is going to be um, opening. Hill. Yep, August when the school starts. August twenty fourth. That's it's going to be really interesting because I think this is going to change the, you know, Columbia Central is already kind of getting close to capacity. They're going to take some of those kids and move them to Spring Hill High School, and you know, several kids from Spring Hill High School will end up at Battle Creek. Mm-hmm. This is really going to take some pressure off of the the school system at the high school level, right? I think so. And it really just goes to show, I think, just the amount of growth that's going on in this county, which, I mean, we already knew that. But so how many people live in Spring Hill now? Interesting question, because, you know, obviously with with Battle Creek, a lot of kids going to school there. Summit has a lot of, you know, the very, very large school, one of the largest schools in, in the state. So Spring Hill believes there are a lot more people who live there now than did even in 2020. I think that I think I want to say they were uh, tabbed the fastest growing city in the state of Tennessee uh, by a recent uh, magazine publication. But we'll know for sure in March because they still don't know how many people (laughs) they still don't know. Starting this week and going through March 1st, they're going to take a special census. So uh, you, if you live in Spring Hill, you can go online, you can go to the portal, you can answer the questions, uh, and that way you don't have to you know, be visited by a census worker. If you don't go into the portal, then uh, someone's gonna come knock on your door. And they really believe this is important because obviously the number of people who live in your community directly impacts how much money you get from the state in you know services and such so fifty thousand and five people were was the number in 2020 they expect that to be 10 percent more so probably north of 55. Mm. that's insane that is insane and it's only getting bigger because june lake is being built Mm -hmm. there are six current mixed-use projects in uh, under construction or or approved at some level by the uh, county com- or the, the planning commission right now. You've got the USTA at the crossings. You've got Port Royal, uh, Port Royal, which will have a new Publix. I know oh, folks, Publix! Hey, folks in Columbia are real mad about this. I'm yeah. sure I mean, they're not getting that Publix that they keep talking about. But yeah, there's another Publix going in in Spring Hill, June Lake, Javi is 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 coming in Spring Hill. And here's, you know, it's funny because we think, according to TDOT, that June Lakes Interchange will actually open in May, maybe June. Oh, wow. So. Now, weren't they supposed to open that earlier than May or June? Yes. Uh, It's funny because, so it was initially slated for October of 20. 23. Then they were moving fast. They were like, oh, we're going to get this done by April 2023. And then they were like, oh, no, it's going to be June 2023. 
No, it's going to be June 2024. Oh, no. <laughs> it has been a, a an interesting mess. It's like, look, look, just just don't even give us a date. Just, yeah, just, just show up, and when it's done, let us know. We'll we'll cut the ribbon. We'll get on. We'll get on with this thing. So it is interesting how that's that's kind of it, it. They were like, oh no, we're going to get done early, not as early. Okay, it's going to be like way later. <laughs> so, but they are being they're actually being charged a, a per day fee for every day past the wow past the the deadline so that's an interesting situation that is very interesting and um with mount pleasant as well there's a lot of changes coming to talking about growth yeah talking about growth and um, construction yes so a new city manager as well that's something that um probably definitely be this year um, yeah they, they i think they want to have it done before their budget season oh which well, makes yeah. sense yeah I mean, but now you've got a process in place. So how, exactly tell me how that process works, because it's it's not like they used to do it where they just kind of put an ad in the paper and people applied and they picked somebody. That's how they got Kate Collier, yeah. who's now retired. So the commission voted to uh, allow MTAS to handle the hiring process, um, but it will all be through an open meeting. And, so. And, and by that you mean the hiring process. I mean the count. The commission's still going to hire the city manager, right? Yes. Yes. But so MTAS is is doing what exactly? They're just taking applications and helping with that process. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Now, let's clarify something real quick. Yes. Uh, let's Kate clarify. Collier, in your story, uh, Mike Davis, commissioner in, my, in Mount Pleasant. Uh, basically said in an open meeting that he was upset the way that she mm -hmm. uh, announced mm -hmm. or didn't announce her intention to retire. Yeah. He um, stated he would have liked to hear it. You know, she, he wanted her to like go, go to them in person and not just send an email. Um, but uh, Kate Collier wanted to clarify that she did go to them um, in person and it wasn't just through email um, so I mean, that was Mike not involved. Like, did she, did, did she tell Mike that this seems? Yeah, weird? that's what she told me. She wanted to clarify after so, the story came out last week that she did go to them personally. It wasn't just through email. Um, so I asked like, about? yeah, I said, why did he say that then? <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's like, good question. So I, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. But, but they are going to have a new city manager, hopefully before the budget season starts in mm -hmm. April ish. And so certainly before the, uh, the, the, the fiscal year yeah. begins. Okay. Well, they've got a lot going on down there because they're going to, uh, Bill White tells me that bids have been received for their downtown revitalization project. They're happy with those bids and will be awarding one maybe this month. So finally, yeah, we could start, <clears throat> we could see Mount Pleasant, downtown start kind of getting torn up here soon which is going to be a little bit of a mess for those downtown businesses and they won't have to worry about it though for 80 years after that right but after that once it's done gosh think about it i mean it's going to be it's going to be beautiful it's going to be you know brand new sewer all the stuff that's underneath the 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 roads and the sidewalks that nobody ever thinks about they're like oh we're just putting in sidewalks that's not true this is this is a new sewer project it's a new you know, upgrading water lines and for a town that's growing like Mount Pleasant every county that's important 
or every city, I should say. Yeah, every city county. here in, in Murray County. So, yeah, a lot going on. And, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that not only is Mount Pleasant getting new stuff, but they're celebrating old stuff. Mm -hmm. Their 200th year celebration bicentennial coming up in October. It's a lot of time. That, 200 a long years? time, 200 years. Yeah, plenty of history in yes. this county. Being preserved. A lot of changes we'll see this year for sure. No doubt. And those stories will continue to keep you updated here on Main Street Murray, obviously in print as well as on mornings on Main Street. Make sure to continue to stay with us throughout 2024. Plenty of great stories to be told. And we're going to be there keeping you up to date and telling them all. Again, thanks for taking time with us on this completely unscripted and I think I handled it better than I thought. So <laughs> unscripted. It, it, it is it is an interesting situation, but we're we're glad to have you guys with us and look forward to seeing you again down the road. We'll have more mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee right after this. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Welcome back into Mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee. Stop time to take a look at sports. I'm going to fill in for Mo this week for Murray County. On the front page of the sports section this week on Main Street Murray, you're going to find three different sports. We've got basketball from Loretto and Santa Fe, also some wrestling, and of course the 2023 Main Street Murray, all Main Street Murray football team. So make sure that you check that out. Of course, we have this week's schedule, as well as some box scores from last week and the holiday tournaments that took place over Christmas break. So all of that is in this week's Main Street Murray print edition. Make sure to pick up your copy today. We'll send it down to Wade Neely, who has a report from Pulaski. Happy New Year to everybody. Wayne Neely here, sports editor of the Pulaski Citizen, and we have got another jam-packed sports edition this week in print and online at PulaskiCitizen.com. Basketball, basketball, basketball. We have all the latest from the hardwood as all four of our teams in some shape, form, or fashion were in action over the holiday break. We start with the Richland Lady Raiders who are our feature story this week. The ladies go 3-0 and at the Richland Christmas Classic. Three nice wins for the Lady Raiders, really fueled by the performances of junior Shelby Higgins and then sophomore Bailey Blair. Richland is now without the services of Mary Avery McNeese, who suffered uh, what is feared to be a season-ending injury. So the three uh, of the three-pronged uh, offensive attack with McNeese out, didn't matter. Richland really had dominant performances from Higgins and Blair. They averaged nearly 20 points each in their three games as Richland wins three games in three straight days. Uh, flipping gears, still in Linville, the boys. Mixed bag, no tough, uh, no tough loss there, but Richland does fall in the championship to a really, really good 4A Ravenwood team. Coach Jason Loveless had his boys playing hard. Jamison Andrews, Gage Kirk, Luke Jones all had big performances in the two previous games. Cooper Jackson and some others also getting involved. Uh, but Richland does fall in the championship game to, again, 
for a Ravenwood, who is a really strong team, not just a uh, run-of-the-mill 4A squad as well, uh, but Richland does fall in the championship game, and they finish uh, the Raider Christmas Classic with a 2-1 and record. Flipping uh, down and going further south, Giles County, the boys were the only of the two Bobcat teams in action last week. We'll talk about the ladies in a second, but the boys were in action. They played three games, three straight days at the Athens border battle at that awesome new facility down the air in northern Alabama, Athens High School. And Giles County defeats Westminster. All three games were very, very close, but the Bobcats knock off Westminster in a close one to start their tournament run. They followed up with a two-point win versus Brooks, Alabama. And then on the final night of the tournament, they do fall to Athens in their own building. Uh, final of that game was 52-50. to Giles County again losing by two points. The ladies, they were not in action last week, but they did play uh, games two weeks uh, in the week prior before Christmas, uh, going one and one in the Marshall County Christmas Classic. Suffered a loss to Centennial on Thursday and then followed up with a real hard-fought, low-scoring affair, kind of a slugfest there, but they win it 28-25, to I believe, your final score there as they knock off Cullioka. Uh Johns County, the ladies won four of their last five games entering the Christmas break, so uh, Coach Fred Steger had the ladies playing well entering into 24. Uh, speaking of 24 and kind of things to come, what to look forward to in next week's edition of the Pulaski Citizen. We will obviously have recaps from the hardwood as Richland wins two games on Tuesday night versus Fayetteville City. Both of those games were broadcast on Pulaski Citizen Live. And then also Giles County, the ladies fall to Lincoln County at home, but the boys got a nice win versus a very scrappy and spirited uh, Lincoln County Falcon squad. And again, if you missed any of those or any Richland or Giles County games throughout the course of the season, you can check us out. Download the Mixler app, search PCL GCHS or search PCL Richland. You can find those there. Still to come, we will also have news, some follow-up from the gridiron as uh, the Main Street Preps, all mid-state teams have been announced. And Giles County is well represented in the football section there. So we'll have uh, some content to come in the coming days and weeks there. And then we will certainly uh, begin to roll out kind of those all-region and all-state awards, which are undoubtedly uh, to come for Giles County as well. So a little bit of a basketball-heavy week for us here at the Pulaski Citizen, but we got it cranked out. We hope everybody had a very safe and very festive holiday season and a happy new year. I'm Wade Neely signing out, sports editor here. And a reminder, if you miss any of this in print, you can catch it out online at PulaskiCitizen.com. Thanks, Wade. All right, we're coming back with more mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee, with weather and more right after this. Stick around. They have always met wildest expectations as far as taking care of my teeth and my health. You know, teeth health is very important now to your heart. And I told him one day, I said, I'd love to have nice teeth and nice hair. And uh, he said, uh, well, I can take care of the teeth, but I can't take care of the hair. And I said, you can make my teeth? He said, yeah. I said, well, let's go for it. And he did. And I have been tremendously pleased. Dr. Hart, if you need him at night, he's here. This staff here will take care of you 24-7. You don't have to worry about, I can't get a hold of my dentist. My tooth's hurting. No. They will be here for you. And if I could get Dr. Hart to take that same artistry that he has and grow hair, 
then he would he would be double rich. From the Tennessee Valley Weather Channel, this is your weather on Main Street. Good Wednesday morning to you. I'm Kelly Ross and here in the Tennessee Valley Weather Center, a little bit of a gloomy start to the day here in southern middle Tennessee with a few showers around the area for the morning. That will continue throughout the rest of the morning and afternoon. Chances aren't all that great. I think they are going to be a little bit spottier than what Futurecast is showing, but nonetheless, a little shower chance for the rest of this afternoon, eventually wrapping up by 3 or 4 p.m. with temperatures getting to the mid-40s this afternoon with a mostly cloudy sky if it is not raining out there with temperatures eventually going to fall into the 30s and 20s overnight for your Thursday morning as we dry out and we should be mainly dry for Thursday as well here across southern middle Tennessee. Here's a look at your seven-day forecast from the Tennessee Valley Weather Center. Overall just a few showers for the rest of today. Tomorrow should be dry with a partly cloudy sky. Temperatures in the mid 40s both today and tomorrow for the afternoon hours with low temperatures getting down into the 20s. Quite chilly but we will be dry. Overnight rainfall moves in on Friday evening continuing into Saturday and we have more rain chances where that comes from heading into next week. That's going to do it for this edition of Mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee. So glad to have you guys hanging out with us of course each and every Wednesday. Look forward to seeing you again next week where we bring you of course more news, sports and happenings from around Southern Middle Tennessee.